Well, happy Sabbath, everyone. It's been an interesting week with the weather here in Southern California. It's not at all, at all like we were used to. But things are changing. Things are changing. Things are changing because Jesus is coming soon. And for that, we have to be prepared. Prepare in many ways. And one of the ways that the Lord asks us to be ready for His coming is in the way that we care for the most precious things that He's given into our care. And uh, as we continue with this series, Wellness, um, one of the experiences that we have every day is when we get into our car. And one of the things that we like to, to have as we get into our cars is that the lights turn on. You agree with me? Because when the lights turn on in the car... It's good news. Except, except when there's one light that turns on. Have you ever seen this light? When all the lights turn on, it's good. But except when this one, when this light turns on, because when the car is telling you that you have to check the engine, it's because something is wrong. Something requires your attention. There is a procedure that you need to follow in order for the light to be satisfied. For the car to be in order. You see, I remember when I bought my first brand new car in 1992. I remember clearly the voice, the words of the salesman when he said, you know, buying a car, buying a vehicle is the second most expensive possession that you have. One being your car, I mean your house, second your car. And those words remain in my head and I was sure every time I needed to change the oil that it was done. Every time I needed to care for my car and take it for service, I took it. To the day, I'm a little bit OCD when my cars require attention because I hate when the light turns on. And as I was thinking on this message, I don't want to tell you that we're cars, but I want to tell you that we have something even more valuable than a car, even more valuable than a house. Because the most expensive blessing that God is granted to us is our bodies. Because our bodies are the vessels in which the Holy Spirit wants to reside. Our bodies are the instruments that God wants to use for the building of His kingdom. It is through our bodies that people can experience the grace of God on this earth. Because our mind, our heart, our limbs, our voice all comes from the body. And when our bodies are healthy, all lights are functioning. But the question today is, what do we do when the check engine lights comes on? Some of us have been living with that light on for a long time. But see, last week we learned something. That God has given us simple advice to avoid disaster. 
So today I want to share with you one principle. And the principle is that if we don't take care of our bodies, if we don't take time to take care of our bodies, we'll be forced to take time to take care of our illness. And some of you are looking at me like, oh, he's going to give us that talk. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Because I want to share with you simple advice to avoid disaster. Last week, we, we ended the message saying that everyone, everyone needs to experience a new start. And today, I want to share with you what a new start looks like. Would you want me to share with you? All right, for those, for those two of you who said yes, I, 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 I'm going to share with you. New Star is an acronym, and, and I'm sure that some of you are already familiar with it. The N stands for nutrition. Yes, nutrition. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to tell you what to eat. I'm not going to tell you what not to eat. I just want to tell you something very, very simple. The nutrition is very important to God. In fact, in the garden when he placed Adam and Eve, he told them what they had to eat. And you remember the story in Genesis 1. God told them of every tree that bears fruit and from every seed you shall eat. So from day one, God gave men knowledge about nutrition. Now, it's quite interesting today because I follow a few, a few uh, uh, social media people who talk about fitness and nutrition and stuff like that. I like that kind of stuff. And, and it depends who you read, depends who you follow, they tell you what to eat, to be fit, to be strong, to lose weight. And there's all kinds of diets. And, and through the years, I've heard of different kinds of diets. Being in church, I've heard of different kinds of diets. And all of them at some point could be good. Because if you don't take care of what you eat, well, you need some kind of diet change. But see, the problem is when we make our diet our gospel. Our problem is when we make our diet our an instrument to judge others who are not following their diet. Because at the end of the day, we know exactly what to eat. God said everything that the earth produces. So our diet should be plant-based. Simple. But it shouldn't be or it never has been an instrument of judgment much less from us, imperfect people. But there's benefits in having a good diet. Not putting that aside, clearing that out. There's benefits from having a good diet. Uh, and, the, and, and, and experts agree that the, one of the benefits and the best benefit of having a, a, a good diet is weight loss. It reduces the risk of cancer. And you know that cancer is... I'm just going to say this. Every single one of us has been affected or a family member by cancer. That's a reality. And most of the cancers that we've experienced in our families and ourselves have 
being caused by our diet. It manages diabetes. And I wish that, that, that I lived at a time when my grandfather was alive because he died of diabetes. It reduces heart health. I mean, improves heart health and, 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 and stroke, preven uh, stroke prevention. Produces strong bones and teeth. And this is amazing. It creates better moods. Think about this. Think about this. When you have a heavy meal, heavy on fat, how do you feel after you finish eating? We have a term for that, food coma. So that tells you that when you eat that meal, it takes your ability to make good choices away. And I'm of this idea that anything, anything, meal, drink, substance, that take my ability to make good decisions away should not be touched by my body. And also improves memory. You know how you're falling asleep while the pastor's preaching? But having a nice, good, healthy breakfast will keep you up. Nutrition's appear in the Bible, like I said, not just in the garden, but even after sin. After sin, Adam and Eve were taken out of the garden and the diet changed a little. Because now that we're not to eat only fruits and grains, now vegetables are included. And there's a, a lesson behind that. Because see, when vegetables were included in the diet, where do we get vegetables from? Plants. But what happens when you harvest a vegetable? Okay, um, let me help you. Fruits have seeds. Vegetables do not. An avocado is a fruit. A tomato is a you're like, really? Yeah. Yeah, they have seeds. A potato is a vegetable. What happens when you harvest a potato? The plant dies. So after sin, vegetables are included in the picture because now with the sweat of your brow, you will eat. So you have to harvest, plant, harvest, plant, or the other way around. Because sin was included now in the diet is reflected that a plant has to die for you to eat. After the flood, immediately after the flood, there's another element that is added to the diet. What was it? Meat. And you know what meat. I know that one. I know that one. But you know what? what what's, what's the thing about meat? That was, meat was included in the diet because right after the flood, there were no trees producing fruits. In fact, if you plant a citrus tree, it takes seven years to actually produce a crop. So right after the flood, meat is included because there were no fruits. But it wasn't intended to be a permanent thing. And basically was the reason that was the reason why was meat what why meat was included in the diet was because of sin. So in John 6:35 it says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never 
thirst. What is Jesus saying that he is? The bread. And you know, this is something interesting about bread. Every single culture in the world, let me say that again. Every single culture in the world has bread. Some have it big, some have it small, some puffy, some flat. Some is wheat. Some is flour. Some is all kinds of different grains. But bread is included in every single culture. Jesus is saying, nutrition is something important to me. But all the nutrition in the world cannot replace what I can give you. Because I am the bread of life. So N, the next word in the, in the, in the acronym is exercise. Exercise. And this is one of my favorites. Because see, exercise has benefits. Has benefits. Just like nutrition has benefits, exercise has benefits. And, and, and some of the benefits of exercise are that it makes you feel happier. Now you wonder, why is the pastor always so happy? Well, now you know. It can help you with weight management. It is good for muscles and bones. It can increase energy levels. It can reduce risk of chronic diseases. It can help with the skin health. And one of my favorite parts of it is that it can help with brain health and memory. And memory. Because see, when you exercise for the first time, the next day you'll remember that you exercise. So exercise offers, offers benefits. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, it says, For while the body training, for while the body training is of some value, notice that it's saying that it has no value. Are you with me? Godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So that means that, that when Paul is talking about exercise here, he's saying that a spiritual fitness is like exercise. It needs to be trained. That means that you cannot remain the same. Because see, in exercise, something happens very, very interesting. If you always do the same routine, same exercises all the time, all the time, all the time, it becomes useless. You have to even... You have to either increase the pace, increase the reps, or increase the weight. Otherwise, it becomes useless. So in our spiritual life, the only way that it can get better is when you increase the resistance, the time, or the activity. Are you with me? So there's benefits on exercise. So the N stands for? Nutrition. I like that. I, I think this is the time that you responded the best. What does the E stand for? Exercise. So the W stands for? Yes, for water. Water, water, water. What are you guys doing to that little child? Give her water. Now, water. Water is awesome because, see... It not only helps the plants, but helps us. Helps us. Yes, it helps us. Increases brain power. 
and increases our energy, promotes weight management, flushes out toxins. And, and let me stop here for a second. I told you before that I, I like to follow different exercise and fitness things and diets. But one of the things that a, a few years ago began to become very, very popular were, were uh, uh, detox processes. Have you heard of those? All kinds of them, juices and, and, and concoctions and stuff. But let me tell you the truth about it. If you drink only water... Is way better than all those and will save you tons of money. Because that's what water was designed to do. If you drink a glass of water before you go to bed and you drink a glass of water when you wake up, you will flush all the toxins in your body. Also, um, boost immune system. If you know somebody who gets a cold all the time, it's because they're not drinking water. They're most likely drinking sugar drinks. And sugar and liquid does the opposite of water. Water increases your immune system. Sugar in your system decreases your immune system. So the worst thing that you can do when you have a cold is to drink juices. Drink water. Prevents headaches. Ladies. And I'll stop right there. Prevents cramps and strains. Water, water is present all along the, the story of God. See, when the garden was placed, the garden of Eden was placed, there was rivers surrounding it. The Bible tells us in, in the beginning of the story of creation that water came out of the ground to irrigate the garden. Water appears in the flood. Water appears when the people of Israel leave Egypt. Water appears when Jesus comes and is baptized. And in heaven, there's going to be a sea of glass. So water is present all through the Bible because God knows that not only we are made of 75% water, which is really interesting because the planet is the same proportion. But see, in the New Testament, in Revelation twenty two seventeen, 17, it says, it says, The Spirit of, uh, and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take, uh, take the water of life without price. So Jesus is offering water just like he did for the woman in Samaria. Water that quenches all thirst. Because it's the water of salvation. So what does the N stand for? Nutrition. What does the E stand for? Exercise. What does the W stand for? Water. Let's move to the S of start. S is sunshine. Sunshine. Benefits of sunshine. Now, Sunshine is amazing. It's amazing because, especially here in Southern California, we, we're used to sunshine. Not this month, but we're used to sunshine. And, and one of the things that, that, that makes us happy when we go to the sun is because it releases. It releases a hormone called serotonin. And, and what it is, is that serotonin, what it does is that, in fact, it's called the, the happy hormone. So you go to the sun and you're happy. You know, this is one of those crazy facts 
uh, that probably doesn't do us any good, but in Seattle, have you ever been to Seattle? Have you had a sunny day in Seattle? One day, sunny day in Seattle. You know, Seattle is known because it's always cloudy. Well, Seattle is a city in the United States that has the greatest amount of suicides. They lack sunshine, so they don't experience serotonin as we do in Southern California. Another thing that happens is that when we absorb sunshine, our skin absorbs vitamin D. Actually, not absorbs vitamin D, produces vitamin D because of the sunshine. And what happens is this. See, let me, let me tell you something. You don't need to be in the sun for three hours sunbathing and turning like a pancake. If you go out in the sun and the sun hits your face, your arms, your hands for five minutes, three times a week, you get all the vitamin D that you need to get from the sun. So let's not get all crazy, okay? Even with SPF 150, the sun in exceeding amounts, it's harmful. Just like everything else. But we'll talk about temperance later on. Also, the sun prevents cancer, helps to prevent cancer. And one of the beautiful things about it is that heals skin's conditions, skin conditions. If you have acne, take some sun and it will help you. If you have uh, psoriasis, eczema, jaundice, the sun will help you to get rid of those illnesses or those issues. Now, the, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 78 and 79 says... Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And we all understand that we live in a world of darkness. And the one thing that we need the most in this world of darkness is the light of Jesus. And look, it says, that the sunrise shall visit us from high. And the one who visits us from up high is Jesus. He is the sun that gives us the light that we can use to live in wellness, in abundance in this world of darkness. So what does the S stand for? Sunshine. Okay, let's see if you remember. Don't look at your notes. N stands for? Nutrition. E stands for? Exercise. exercise. W stands for? Nice. So what does the S stand for? Sunshine. Now, let's move to the next letter, and that is T. T stands for? Temperance. Temperance. And temperance means, has a very simple meaning. It's avoidance of the bad and self-control. Of the good. Let me say that again. Avoidance of the bad, like the flaming hot Cheetos, and self control of the good. How many of you eat almonds? Almonds. You like almonds? 
You know how many albums you should eat a day? Twelve. Twelve. If you eat more than twelve, it affects your liver. Ah, that's a good example of temperance. Avoidance of the bad and self-control on the good. Now let me tell you a story. This is a biblical story. Acts, Acts chapter 2, the disciples are preaching and they are preaching it in different languages. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit says at the beginning of chapter 2, they had come upon them like a wind and like fire and had give them the ability to speak in different languages. So they go out into the city of Jerusalem and they're speaking in different languages. So the people hear them, the Jews hear them speaking in different languages, languages that they don't understand, and they go, oh, these men are drunk. Stop hitting the kids. <laughs> Poor kids. Practice temperance with those children. <laughs> so the Jews tell, tell, say, these men are drunk. And Peter stands up and says, no, no, they are not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. I know. It's like, well, so after nine it's okay to be drunk? No, let me explain. When we read in the Bible the word wine... In the Greek, there's only one word for fermented and not fermented. In fact, the word is oinos and only means grape juice. We translated it as wine. But see, this is what would happen. In those days, they didn't have bottled water like we do today. Some of you have your water bottle with you. In, so, in those days, especially in that area of the desert of, the Palestine, uh, 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 of Palestine, they didn't have water as, as we do today. They didn't go to the water fountain. They didn't have 7-Elevens to go and get some. So what they did is that they drank whatever was easier for them. And that was oinos, grape juice. So if you would drink oinos all day, guess what would happen in your stomach? The sugar of the grape, because you know that grapes have the greatest amount of sugar of all the fruits. Oh, now it makes sense, doesn't it? That's why you eat a lot of grapes at night. You don't lose weight. You gain it. You're like, oh. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So this is what happens. This is what happens. If you would drink grape juice all day in the afternoon, that juice will ferment in your system and you would get drunk. You would get drunk. That's why in 1 Timothy, when Paul is talking about the elders of the church, he says that they are not given to too much wine. That is not that they could drink a little bit. That means that they should abstain from drinking a lot of grape juice because it will ferment in their bodies. And that will take their ability to make good choices away. That's temperance. That's why Peter says in 2 Peter 1... For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with a steadfastness and a steadfastness with godliness. Without self-control, we lose the ability to honor God, even with good things. So, and 
E. W. S. T. Let's move to A. Air. Benefits of fresh air. Fresh air helps with our digestion. That is why after you eat lunch, get up, go outside, walk around the block. Improves heart rate. If you have a job like mine where all the time we're sitting behind a desk, driving, in meetings, even in Bible studies, we're sitting down. It's very difficult to have a nice heartbeat. So we need to do something else. We need to make our lungs work. Make our cardio system work. So going out, take some deep breaths. Get some fresh air. Get out from the chair. Because air also cleans the lungs and strengthens the immune system. Now, in, 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 in creation, and let's go back to the story of creation again. When God created man, the Bible tells us that he took the dust of the ground, he formed it, and then he breathed what? The bread of life. In Hebrew, the word for breath of life is the word ruach. Can you say it? Ruach. Now, ruach is also the word that is used in the Old Testament for the presence of the Spirit of God. Now, in the New Testament, the word is no longer ruach because it's not written in Hebrew anymore. It's written in Greek. And the word that was used was, was the word pneuma. Can you say pneuma? Do you know how to call the machines that, are, that, that move by air pressure? Pneumatic. It's air. The word for the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is, is pneumaticon. Because it's the air that comes from God. That is God. That makes us move. So we are pneumatic creatures. Because the Holy Spirit in us allows us to do, to say, to learn, to grow. Just like as fresh air is important for us and our bodies, the Holy Spirit is just as important. That is part of our experience. Job in chapter 33 verse 4 says, The Spirit of God has made me and the bread of the Almighty gives me life. I think Job had it right. He understood the, the, the difference and the importance of the fresh air and the Spirit of God in his life. I guess that's why God blessed him in that way, right? So, N. Nutrition. You're getting tired like nutrition. Now you need some nutrition. E. W. S. T. A. R. And all of your rest. Yeah, that's what you want, right? Well, there's benefits of rest. There's benefits of rest. We were designed to rest. Yeah, don't look at me weird. We were designed to rest. God made us, and after one day of life, he said, now it's time to rest. 
Actually, yes. He's the one that did the work. But our next assignment was to rest. And, and God said that he made the Sabbath for the benefit of man. For our benefit. So we were designed to have rest. I remember reading an article a while back that in the 1800s, when the Industrial Revolution exploded, the French tried to change the word week. And they experimented with a 10-day week. So you would work nine days and rest one day. They quickly discovered that the workers were not producing as much as they thought they would. And that they were, in, they were getting sick. And they were emotionally in distress. Because we were not made to have life without rest. It's quite interesting. Because see, God designed the seven-day week in such a way that is very, very unique. You see, we know when a year has passed... When the earth goes around the sun, right? And in translation, uh, um, orbit, the earth takes a year. We know that a month has passed when the moon does the same around the earth. Right? It takes a month. We know that, that, we, we know that a day has passed when the earth rotates around its axis. That's a day. How do we know when a week has passed? We don't have a cosmic movement for the week yet. Yet, every culture that is lived on this planet has had a seven-day week. This is not a new invention. This is not a Jew invention. God invented it. God stipulated a seven-day week from the beginning because he made us to rest. He made us to rest. And rest has benefits. AIDS recovery, keep us healthy, helps you sleep. Yes, when you sleep regularly, you sleep better. When your sleep is irregular, you can't sleep properly. It lowers your stress, gives you more energy through the day, and boost your, your brain function. That is why students, when you have a big test, don't cram all night, go to bed early, and wake up early. See, let me tell you something. We get better rest when we go to bed in the hours before midnight than when we get up earlier. So those of you who go to bed after midnight, and even if you sleep 10 hours, you're going to be more tired than somebody who sleeps 6 hours before midnight. So in Genesis 2, verse 3 says, So God blessed, is that out there? Yeah. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done. So in order for us to have an abundant light, life, we need to experience rest and regular rest the way God intended it to be. And the last one, T, stands for 
trust in God. And there's benefits, benefits of trusting in God. There's benefits. The Bible tells us, trust in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Also says, trusting in the Lord brings greater happiness and joy in life. And it says our minds stay in peace when we say focus on the Lord. Now, all of these things, the acronym says new start. And it is important that we all experience a new start. Because see, the Bible tells us that those who listen to instruction will prosper. Let me say that again. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust in the Lord will be happy. So if I follow the instruction of the Lord, I will be happy and I will prosper. Does that make sense? I think that it sounds like simple advice to avoid disaster. Right? But at the same time, we have to experience the reality of the world we live in. And perhaps some of you are thinking, well, you know, that nutrition thing. I mean, I, I get up quickly. I have to go to work. I have breakfast on my car. I came late from dinner, so I just go to the fridge and, or the freezer and get the box and, and the microwave because I don't have time. Perhaps some of you are thinking, oh, man, I'm so tired. I can't, I, I can't exercise. Some of you are thinking, well, I can do the water, but man, I have to go to the bathroom so many times. I can't. Uh. And probably uh, each one of these things, you're thinking, well, that's going to be hard for me. It's simple advice, but it doesn't say that it's going to be easy. It doesn't. But I'll tell you what. The Bible says that Jesus looked at them. Look at the people. Look at all of us. And he says, with man, things are impossible. But with God, everything is possible. 